0: Welcome to Fitchicks Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by Fitchicks Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of FitChicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to FitChicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and I am riding solo today on today's podcast. Um, cause Miss Laura Jackson, my co-founder and bestie is at home with her new baby. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys. Um, today we're specifically talking about teaching fitness class outside. I'm going to be talking specifically about this because here in Canada right now, we are getting to a place where it is springtime. It's starting to warm up. Hopefully it'll warm up sooner than later. And, um, people are starting to consider going outside, especially with COVID. They're looking at social distancing options. They're looking at options to just get outside and get moving again, right? And so I know outdoor classes are so popular. A lot of people either run them or want to run them. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you today are some of the do's and don'ts of teaching fitness classes outside. Now this is a two part series. So today we're talking about the do's and don'ts. And then next week we'll be specifically talking about rain or shine outdoor classes solved. So we're going to be talking about how to manage outdoor fitness classes with weather issues. So that'll be part two so you can listen to that next week. But for today, we're going to be talking specifically about the do's and don'ts of teaching fitness classes outside. So starting off with the things you should be doing. So the first thing that you want to be thinking about is getting a permit or look at what is required for you to be able to teach in an outdoor space. Now, oftentimes, people want to go rogue. They just want to go teach their classes and not worry about this. But having a permit, what it's going to do is it's just going to give you a space that is dedicated to you and your group. right? Um, it's also just, you want to make sure that you're following the rules. You don't want to be, you know, putting yourself in jeopardy, putting your business in jeopardy. You don't want to have any bylaw coming up to you and saying, you know, do you have a permit? And if you don't then getting a fine or anything. So to avoid any complications with your business, you want to make sure that you have a permit or at least you look at what is required. So that could be for city parks, city spaces, um, public spaces, private spaces, but you want to reach out. So when we were teaching our outdoor fitness classes, we used to teach our classes in outdoor parks. Um, as well as schoolyards. And so we would receive permits from the city. So we would reach out to the city to get the city park permits. And then when we were teaching in schoolyards, which was actually my preference, guys, like I actually preferred schoolyards because I found them to be more private. Um, But when we were doing that, we would reach out to the school boards and look at the community use of schools and then rent out their outdoor spaces. The great thing too, about a lot of these opportunities outside is even though you sometimes are required to have a permit, some don't even require the permit, they don't even issue it, but if they are issuing permits, oftentimes the cost is quite low or sometimes even free. They'll still just give you the permit so that you're permitted to be in that space offering that service. Now, the second thing that I want you to be thinking about when you're heading outside is to find a space that feels safe. Now, this obviously goes without saying, but what I want you to be thinking about are a couple of factors, especially if you were teaching in the evenings. Number one is the space well lit. This was a really important aspect for us was is the park well lit? Is there lights that come on um, on a regular basis? So, we used to teach oftentimes where there were a lot of like baseball diamonds or things like that, where we knew that there was a lot of lighting, A, for safety um, from the ground. So, like, people aren't running into potholes or anything like that. And also, it just makes people feel more comfortable, right? Because you don't want someone wandering around, especially if they're leaving the park or the space on their own. Um, the second thing we also looked at. When we were thinking about safety, was parking close to an easy access to transit and parking lots. Again, you don't want people having to go through and venture, you know, after class for 10 minutes to get to a parking lot. We just want to keep everybody really safe. And then of course, the last thing is that you want to make sure that it's clean. You want to make sure that you do a walkthrough every single time that you arrive at that park. Okay. So this is a really important piece. And we used to have like this checklist that I'm sharing with you right now is actually a checklist that we used to give to our employees of FitChicks. when we were teaching our outdoor fitness classes that they would go through every single class to ensure that there was the safety was number one with our clients. so is the space clean? So do a walkthrough make sure that there's no broken glass, that there's no, um, any kind of debris or any garbage or anything or any, you know, dog poop or whatever. One thing that I used to love to do, not love to, one thing that I used to love to do for my clients, I didn't love doing it for myself. But One of the things I used to love doing for my clients was if there were like, you know, debris or if there was broken glass or if there was dog poop or anything, I would either move the class like over a bit, or I would actually put pylons on the ground right by it. So it was like a little like, you know, warning, like don't go there kind of thing so that they'd be aware. Um, Now, the next thing, the next do on the list is to have a designated meeting spot and make sure it's marked clearly. If you are meeting in a public space, especially a park space, oftentimes parks are pretty big, right? There's a lot of opportunity for people to get lost. You don't want to have a frustrated client. You want to have your clients having a great experience from the moment that they sign up right through to the class, right through the very end. And so having a designated meeting spot, make sure that it's marked clearly. So having, you know, um, whether it be like a chalkboard with you or having some pylons or having something that's marked off so that, you know, if you have a sandwich sign, like one of those signs that folds up that you can have your logo on it, people know then that that is your space, especially outside in the spring and summer, oftentimes, especially if you're at a busier park, there may be competing companies and you don't want them getting confused and going to a different organization. So make sure that you have it clearly marked off. Um, and then also, if you are planning on moving a lot, so if your class is going to have a lot of movement in terms of you're not really going to stay in the same place, you're going to be, say, you know, doing laps around the park and everything else, Let your clients know in advance that way there they know to leave all their personal belongings in the car or in someone else's car or have a like they can put them in your car or whatever. But you want to have a space where that they feel or if they don't have a vehicle that they know that so they're not bringing it with them because you don't want people feeling uncomfortable or feeling like they have to carry all their stuff with them, like their purse or anything like that. Number four would be to look for more private space. So again, in public spaces, a lot of times clients can feel like they're on display. You know, one of the things that we used to see at Fitchicks was we always had a group of specific Clients that would sign up only when we were outside because they loved the outdoors. They loved being outside. They loved the fresh air. And then we would have some clients that would stop coming to classes when we would head outside and they would only come back once we headed back indoors. And it was because they really just weren't comfortable being outdoors and exercising. And that can happen. And so the way that you can try to avoid that and give people a little more confidence in being outdoors is try to find a more private space. So we used to, even if it was a really large park, we would always go to like the end of the park like in the last parking lot of the park or if there was a big soccer field or a big baseball diamond, we would never be in front of it or around it we would always kind of use it and be like off to the side in a way right so that we were never really like feeling as though people were just standing watching us and if you do ever run into issues where you feel like people are kind of you know, feeling as though they are being watched or anything like that, you can always move the class. So just know that even though you may start at one space, you might get up and move everything or the next class might decide that you're going to move to a more specific space. Number five would be to use your elements. When you're teaching outside, this is going to be your best friend. The elements. Is so important. And when we teach our fitness and nutrition expert program, we have a whole section talking about how to teach outdoors and how to use the elements properly because there is so much opportunity to use the space, right? So when you're outside, you have lots of space to move around. So make sure that your classes are not stationary. Have the space. Use it. Utilize the benches. Utilize the hills. Utilize the pathways. um, If there's a track, anything like that where you can, like, if there's a play structure or anything, anything that feels safe to you that still gives that same sort of feeling to your class. But you want to be able to use those elements as much as possible because that's what's going to make it unique. That's what's going to make it Fun, Um, and it's going to give people sort of variety in your classes. The sixth thing that you want to be doing with your dues for your teaching outdoors is to think about covered spaces for wet days. Now, again, as I mentioned, next week, part two is going to be all about rain or shine, outdoor classes solved. But I do want to mention this in here. One of the things that we always did whenever we were scouting a new location, we would be looking at, is there a covered space for wet days? Is there a gazebo? Is there a parking garage kind of like par- like car park kind of area or something along those lines where we could actually teach. Is there maybe a facility that has like a little patio that we could use when it's raining because nobody is really going to be there. We would always look at those options Um, to ensure that we had some sort of a resolution that we wouldn't have to always cancel classes for rain days. But again, I'll talk about that next week. So if you're interested in learning more about rain or shine outdoor classes solved, check back next week. Um, And then number seven, of course, is to think like a client. So it is so important when you're teaching outside to think about, put yourself in your client's shoes, Put, put the perspective in place and think like, okay, If I'm the client and I'm attending this outdoor class, what are some of the things that I might forget about, but that are really important for my comfort and for my enjoyment of this class? Things like water, bug spray, sunscreen. These are elements and things that as a coach it's not necessary, but as a coach, if you want to enhance your experience for your clients, you need to be thinking about those things. I would always have, especially on really hot days, a little cooler with a bunch of extra water. I always brought bug spray with me. I always had sunscreen with me. I would usually have an extra pair of sunglasses with me in case someone forgot it, an extra hat in case somebody was too hot and I would just wash it after, extra weights, an extra yoga mat. I had all of like little extras, kind of like you know how like moms always have like a lot of extra things. Like that's, I was like the mom of my boot camp program because I would always have like one extra of everything just to ensure that no client ever went without. And by doing that, it shows that you care, which is the most important aspect of any business, right? And I think it's this it's this piece that we all have to remember and put ourselves in, which is we, if you think like your client, if you think like their experience, then you're going to be able to present yourself and present your business in a way that's going to make people feel so appreciated and so excited about being a part of your community. Now, the things that I do not recommend when you're teaching outside. So now we're gonna go into the don'ts. So when we're heading outside, these are the things that I don't recommend you do when you're teaching outside. Number one, feel like you have to carry the whole gym around to be effective. So oftentimes I will hear coaches and trainers or students of our fitness and nutrition expert program saying, well, you know, how am I going to teach outside? Like, how am I going to bring all of like, you know, 20 sets of weights and how am I going to bring all of these different like heavy weights or, you know, squat bars and things like that? you have to think about it differently. When you're teaching outside, you have to think, what can I use? That's why the elements is so important. That's also why thinking about different ways of making intensity in your programs without using equipment is so key, like using plyometrics, using different running drills, using the hills, et cetera, so that you're able to create intensity without having to add so much extra equipment. The other thing that we used to do at FitChicks was we would also have all of our... Um, all of our members actually bring their own, they were responsible for bringing their own yoga mats and small hand weights. So when we were teaching our fitness classes, they would bring their own hand weights and yoga mats. And again, as I mentioned, I'd always have extra on site, but I wouldn't then be forced or feel like I had to bring 20 sets of weights and 20 yoga mats because that's way too much equipment to bring. So the onus was on the clients and then I would have extras so that I could really support them on their journey. The next thing that you don't want to do is change locations every week. So again, that just becomes super confusing for clients, right? You don't want them to feel like they're not remembering, they're getting confused. They're showing up late because they went to the wrong spot. And then now they're frustrated. Number three, do not stay stationary or just do laps around the park. (laughs) That is just super boring. It's like, snooze fast, right? You don't want to just stay in one place. People are outside. They're enjoying the fresh air, move around, use that space. And especially right now with social distancing being such an important factor, give people a space. You can actually set this up super effectively. If you have a lot of pylons where you can say like, member one, this is your space to move within member two, this is your space. And then everyone will really appreciate that and respect that because they're going to feel really safe, but they're also going to feel like they can still move around a little bit. Even if it's not a huge space, it still just gives them opportunity to move their bodies and not just be stationary. Um, Number four, do not stay anywhere you do not feel comfortable or safe. I remember a time when I was teaching a class outside and there was a group that came into the gazebo and they sat down and we were on the grass in front, but they sat down in the gazebo and they were having some drinks and they were sitting there and they were viewing, like watching us and then they were commenting and hooting and hollering at our, at my students. And immediately I said, okay, everyone let's get everything. And we're gonna take it over this way so that we could go, we went behind like this hill. So then we were still really private. We were still able to enjoy the experience And it was showing that I was taking care of my clients, right? That that was not going to be tolerated. And, but I was also not going to get into a confrontation in that element. So it was really about just still allowing your clients to feel safe and to feel comfortable and at ease and moving the situation, diffusing it immediately. And then of course, the last thing that I do not want you to do when you're teaching outside is allow outside people of your group to join in or drop in, et cetera, I've seen this before where um, trainers will, you know, someone will just randomly come up in the park and say like, oh, hey, your class looks super fun. Can I jump in? And they'll say yes. But what that does is it takes away the value to your group. So if you already have a group that's committed to that four week and they're saying, hey, like I've paid for this four week program. If all of a sudden you're allowing people to just randomly jump in, now you're saying anybody can do that. And then you won't have as much, there won't be as much desire to commit to the four week. They might then start asking for drop in opportunities and things like that. And you really want to avoid that. So really just keep your group element connected by saying, you know what, I'm sorry, you can't jump in right now, but here's some information. Always have some promotional materials on. That should be part of the dues as well. Always have some marketing materials with you. So some flyers, business cards, poster, whatever it is, so that if someone does, because it will happen inevitably, people will come up to you and say, hey, I love what you're doing. Can I jump in? You can say... I'm sorry, we can't have anyone jump in right now, but here's some information on the program or email me, here's my contacts. And I'd be happy to invite you into the next group, right? And then you're giving them the opportunity, you're still giving them information. So you're not necessarily losing out on that opportunity, but you're also continuing to value the group element of your consistent program. And you're showing your clients that we are a community and that you're welcome to join our community, but this community is, you know, we're really connected here. Um, and it's just showing a lot of respect for your group. So, those are my do's and don'ts when it comes to teaching outside. As I mentioned, next week we are going to be covering rain or shine outdoor classes on uns- um, solved because that is like the big question mark, right? What do I do when I'm teaching outside and we have crazy weather coming in? It's like raining or there's like like a heat warning or anything like that, what do we do? So I'm going to talk about that next week. So make sure you tune in and hopefully this was helpful for you to just kind of wrap your head around the idea of what do you do? What do you not do when it's teaching outside? Um, And I'd love to hear from you. Comment, let us know, are you heading outdoors? And um, if you are, let us know how these helped you get started today have yourself an amazing day everyone thank you so much for listening and of course for more information about our certification programs our fitness and nutrition expert certification if you want to get certified as a fitness and nutrition coach and start teaching outdoors make sure you go to fitchicksacademy.com where you can learn more have a great day and we'll see you next week bye everyone Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitxacademy.com.